It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. All right, hello, 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 and welcome in the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock with you on the Sports Fan, as well as Jake Amata and special guest Russ Eisenstein. All here inside the WATH studios on this Monday, February 13th. And a lot of stuff to talk about. Bobcats had a huge win Friday night. They've got a big game on Tuesday, Valentine's Day, against Buffalo as well. Baseball's rolling around. And, of course, the Super Bowl last night. I mean, there we have a plethora of stuff to talk about. And we'll get right into it with Russ. And, uh, I mean, you it, it, it was a... It was hopping in the convo Friday night. I know I got to go in attendance as a fan. First game I've gotten to go as a fan this year, and it was incredible. Uh, they really showed up against Akron. It's the top of the max, almost getting a little bit of parity at the moment. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, really. It was one of those classic convo-type games where um, it was a good crowd, it was a loud crowd, it was a good opponent, it was uh, the new school rival. And I say new school, I mean, Akron's been a, a good rival now for, um, you know, my whole time as the voice of the Bobcats, you know, that, that 2010 MAC tournament championship game and, and all the games that have, that have followed and all the different layers there and John Gross coming back and, of course, uh, Jeff Bowles on the other sideline. And um, it was one of those games where Rob and I kind of looked at each other and thought, yeah, there, there's going to be an emotional play here in the second half where the roof's going to pop off. And that happened, and it was a Jalen Hunter bang, and then it was the dunk, and I called the game at 18 and I said it would oscillate maybe a little bit but it was over then and and so now uh, on the eve of Valentine's Day there's a whole lot to love about this ball club right now and that's why tomorrow night against Buffalo is going to be so fun but uh, the Akron game always classic and uh, yeah it was a nine point win but certainly it felt like a lot more than that and it carried probably more momentum than than a nine point win generally would I mean it was a little I mean we really hadn't seen uh, a shooting night like that for the Bobcats in a while. They shot uh, 48% from the field, 62%, I think, from three. And, I mean, that was just unreal numbers. Everything was going in. What you need to get hot at this time of the year, what you love to get hot at this time of the year is, is outstanding shooting, um, the emotional plays that come from that, and the inside game to go with it. And in this league, if Ohio gets hot from beyond the long line, there's going to be nobody that can match um, the inside-outside that Ohio has. Now, Akron was that team, for sure, with Xavier Castaneda and Enrique Freeman. Those guys are really, really good. Um, And it was important for Ohio to get the revenge game against them. And maybe Ohio will see them for a semifinal or a MAC tournament championship up in Cleveland. Wouldn't that be fun? I mean, that's happened before. Um, So, yes, to your point, Ohio needed to get that hot shooting. Uh, but past that, it, it hasn't been the offense. It's been the defense uh, that Ohio has really had to ratchet up. And that's why uh, the steal and slam from Hunter was so satisfying. And that's why you heard it in my call about how you know I, I, the game was over then. If Ohio could get the defense going in addition to the hot shooting, this is the right time of the year for that to come together. And, and the Cats are coming together right now. Does it almost feel a little bit, because I know I was sitting there uh, thinking about after the game, that almost felt a little bit like uh, the 2020 team a little bit there, where they got hot in the right part of the season. They started getting really hot. They were a five seed that year when they got into the MAC tournament. Does this team start to kind of feel a little bit like that? I think that team probably had more layers to it and more consistency to it. the thing about that team too leading into the mac tournament they had something that nobody else had and that was in a year that it it really wasn't possible in any other year and that was ohio hadn't played a game in a couple of weeks prior to the tournament so they were the only team um through some COVID stuff that could be rested i mean it was absolutely perfectly timed then on the flip side of that was last year when ohio had to play six games in 12 days and they were just gassed I mean, you could tell. Mm-hmm. And that's why going down to the CBI was so fun because they put it together in highlight form to be able to win a game of the postseason there. But 
you know, you had uh, the flip side of the coin in the year that you're speaking of, and then last year you saw the positive and the negative aspect. Uh, I think Ohio still needs to round into form into more some uh, consistency, and and if Jalen Hunter can continue to do this. Uh, which it's been, you know, eight straight games and double figures. He's a Mac co-player of the week this week. Um, and then if you get Ben Roderick banging down a couple of shots in a new role this year, I, I said it on one of the calls of his threes the other night, if he gets hot now, in addition to how scrappy he is on the defensive side, Ohio's going to have multiple layers here, in addition to Dwight Wilson. And Devon Baker's game against Northern Illinois was so important, too. Um to be able to get some confidence to get downhill and get to the line and, and, and to score like he did. So a lot of it's coming together right now. And uh, I think the staff knows how to coach these guys too. And they just needed the defense to come around. And so I guess that's a long-winded answer to your question of, uh, does it feel like 2020? Maybe in some ways, but I think that team might have been a little bit deeper and a little bit mm-hmm. more consistent. Uh, and we'll see if Ohio can get to four wins in a row now. And to do that in league play, uh, that's important. And Buffalo tomorrow night. Uh, and then uh, going up to Central Michigan, long road trip. It's a, it's a plane ride, so it's not that long. Uh, so this is a big week and a big stretch. Uh, talking about Buffalo, how do you really uh, how do you really see that game going? I mean, you look at you had five players in double figures uh, from Friday night's game. How, how do you keep the offense rolling? Well, the offense has been pretty consistent through a lot of this, um, and it, and the offense has not been a problem in the losses. It's been getting stuck uh, on a number at, at some ill-timed times. You know, that, that Akron game prior to the loss against Eastern Michigan, there was a 25-5 run there. So, um, yes, there, there have been some times where you'd like to iron things out offensively, and the defense needs to, to come around. Buffalo is an interesting team because they've got pieces for sure. But they're very much what their record would indicate. You know, they're 12 and 13. They're 6 and 6 in the league. There have been a lot of good, and there have been a lot of not so good, much like what their record would indicate. So, um, and I think Friday's game for them was the perfect example of that. They dominated half one against Kent State. And then in the second half, they eventually lost by seven. I think they they must have been outscored by what, 13 in the second half there? Mm -hmm. And so, they're trying to figure it out too because a lot of the names of guys that you remember from these buffalo teams from the past couple of years they're not they're not there uh, laquil hartnett is and he'd be you know their fourth leading scorer right now and he's come around you know, over the last couple of games i mean double figures in his last three at 27 at western michigan um but these are new guys for them and 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 you talk about scoring guards curtis jones has been really good for them uh been 30 or more twice this year so if they piece it together uh, i think they're a scary team and that's why these matchups are always tough because they're toughness tests buffalo is going to try to out strong arm you a lot and they could ride on some momentum um and we'll see with both teams playing on friday night what what the turnaround with an extra day does for a tuesday night game yeah, I mean, that's one thing the Bobcats will have an advantage in is they played Friday night compared to Buffalo. Yeah, they played Friday night, too. Oh, Buffalo also played Friday yep, Oh, yeah, yep, that's they right. Did. They were on ESPN, too. But to your point, also, this is a, a travel day. Mm-hmm. Um, they flew in. They're in Athens right now. They're staying on East State. And, uh, you know, they, they know uh, Laquil Hartnett certainly does, and their staff certainly does. But that's why this environment tomorrow night can be so cool because there are a lot of guys on Buffalo that haven't played in Athens before and so can that consistency with the crowd that we saw on Friday night that we saw against Miami that will be huge tomorrow night because there's nowhere in this league that has the atmosphere and the crowd like Ohio does no one and so this is one of the few spots in this league where you could say yeah that home court advantage now I mean that's big time and that's why hopefully Ohio could get to four in a row tomorrow night Absolutely, and I mean, it helps when you have one of the biggest arenas in the MAC as well. Sure. Yeah, 13,000 seats, and, you know, even even in a spot like that where I overestimated the crowd total on Friday night, I, I said that I thought that there were 7,000 in there, and, and we listed, you know, over five, which is still an outstanding crowd. Uh, but it felt like bigger because the crowd got into it, mm-hmm. and the game allowed that to happen too. So uh, hopefully, all of that can occur tomorrow night. You know, students need to come out. You know, whenever I'm at Ping and I swipe my ID to get out, I always ask the people at the desk, "Hey, you coming to the game?" Oh, we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. 
students play a big part in what this can be here. And this is the time now. We only have three home games left. So you could save the going out for all the other nights, and you could still go out after the game, and you could get ready before the game. Um, but but all your buddies need to be there tomorrow night too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is. I know we had – I mean, I was sitting up four rows up off the court, and, I mean, it, it just it, – it, it just felt great to be in that atmosphere and stuff. And and I think that's something that, you know, you saw a little bit at times last, with last year's team, but most of the big games that we had there, the CBS games that I can think of, the Toledo game, the Akron game, we struggled a bit. In. Yeah. I mean, it was, there is one of those rough stretches where we had – I mean, we had like as many games we talked about earlier, the six games in 12 days yeah. as well. Um, and we didn't have that COVID year. You know, it wasn't possible sure. with COVID year. I mean, it, it's, it, it feels amazing to be able to be a part of the crowd where you can sit there and just have the atmosphere all around you. And I'm sure it runs on the players and even a little bit as a broadcaster. Too. Oh, without a doubt. And, and Rob said to me, uh, and I'm getting goosebumps here a little bit too, Rob said to me during the game, because I was standing, and he said, man, you're, you're into this. He said on the air. I said, yeah, it just kind of has that atmosphere. And I've been fortunate to do this here for 15 years. And so I've, I've seen a whole lot of things. Um, and I've experienced that, that roundhouse rumble. And that's what happened on Friday night. And that's for, for students here through, as you mentioned, a couple of years. And unfortunately, it didn't work out last year where, where some of the bigger games on those Friday nights, Ohio just didn't play well in. Um, that's why Friday night was so cool because I'm sure there were a lot of people that were there for the first time as students in an atmosphere like that that felt that. Big game against a good team. And you saw Jalen Hunter, his, his exuberance. And he wasn't showing up anybody. He was just living in the moment. And that dunk that he had to seal it, that was his first dunk since the Capitol game. The first dunk in the regular season. And in postgame, we asked him, I said, hey, you were juiced up there, weren't you? The crowd and the whole deal attitude. He said, oh, yeah, that's how I was able to get up there and rip it down. So, yeah, and, and you saw it from Jeff Bowles and this coaching staff. You saw it from the team. You saw it, cheerleaders, dance, band, all of it. it. It was a great atmosphere Friday, and hopefully tomorrow night can be too. Absolutely. Obviously, Valentine's Day's plans, but, hey, but Roadhouse is probably open till like midnight. You, you, you got you got time from nine to you got time. Hey, look, look, hey, what better way to celebrate love? Of which I've never been in love before. I don't know what it's like. Um, some way, somehow, I, I'd like to I'd like to be in love. But I love broadcasting basketball, and so I'm I'm just married to the game. I'm married to the career and the life. But how about a date night? Of you could go. You know, go out for for a cocktail if you can. If you're of legal age, I do not encourage underage imbibing. Imbibing. Um, But you can do that and then go to the game and then go out afterwards. I mean, it's a perfect, like, three-course meal right there. Yeah. You go, you go, you got, you know, you go to Roadhouse at, like, 4 o'clock. Sure. You go to the game. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, you know, you go do whatever. You, you hit wherever you want to go afterwards. Nothing says I love you like Ohio and Buffalo at the Convo on a Tuesday night. On Valentine's Day, where I'll start my 43rd spin around this globe. Uh, I don't feel 43. I, I hope I don't look it. But no. <laughs> I, 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 I feel ready for tomorrow night. should be a lot of fun. Mata, take notes on it. <laughs> take, no, take notes on the Valentine's Day plans, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I want to go, so hey, hopefully I mean, that's where I'm going to be. Yes. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> so ta- we got, obviously we've got basketball in full swing, but not only that, we're hitting February. And, I mean, with days like today, what? It's like 60 degrees out there, sunny. It's baseball season. It feels like baseball season, too. And uh, the Bobcats start their season down in Wilmington all, all over this weekend. Uh, you got to talk with Craig Moore earlier in the week. We were talking about this before we got on air. What's a baseball team looking like this year? Well, first off, I want to thank you publicly for, for your help and uh, your work um, in May. It doesn't even seem like that long ago. Uh, but uh, you and everybody here for, for getting the MAC tournament games on the air. That was really fun to do. It was. And uh, we couldn't have done it without your help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I thank you for that. And we'll do uh, some cool stuff this year, uh, coverage of it. Um, and this was a fun team. It really was. And to qualify for the MAC tournament, 
it was only the top four, and it's the top four again this year in um, in an eleven team league. Uh, it's going to be a fight now, but I, I think this team, based off of last year, with a bunch of guys coming back this year, Colin Casper Bauer and AJ Roush and, and a bunch of others um, to be able to play, I, I think that. That winning season last year and getting to the MAC tournament and enough guys back and enough guys back that are going to encourage a bunch of new guys, plus with the coaching staff, I think this could be a fun year. And past that, the MAC was at four games in a series for you know last year and for a couple of years now, um, but it's back to three game series now, and that has to help in a, in a lot of ways, from a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from a staffing standpoint, because. On this level, it's really, and it's no disrespect to the roster, but on this level, it's hard to have enough pitching to get through a four-game series. Mm -hmm. So now this year, with Brendan Roeder as the Friday guy, I saw him at the convo on on Friday. I said, hey, you're the Friday guy, huh? He said, yeah, I guess so. So he's excited for it. He's soft-spoken, good guy. I think he's got the tools to be a, a good, stabilizing Friday night guy. Um, and then all the other pieces – uh, I'm excited to see what they could bring to the table. I, I think college baseball is so fun. And this is one of the few spots in this league, maybe the only spot in this league, based on the structure of the ballpark, the weather and all that, where you can have a ruckus atmosphere. You could have a fun atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I encourage all of that, too, now uh, for what is uh, uh, hopefully a, a really fun season for 2023 Bobcat baseball. We talked a little bit about pitching. Obviously, that's that's something that we I mean, you lose Eddie Cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you know? It was one of the better pitchers last year, and yeah. you know, it, looking through the roster, I mean, there's not a ton of pitchers that uh, I recognize from last year as well. I mean, how how do we recuper? How do you recuperate that on uh, the baseball side? You know, who do you think steps up? Well, what they were able to do is kind of plug and play last year in, in a variety of ways. And in the interview that we tweeted out today from the show last Thursday, um, I. I complimented Craig on air he didn't need to hear it from me but but I did you know through the COVID year um, where he was the interim head coach and then through last year they really uh, were able to piece things together and that's a credit to pitching coach Tim Brown as well Um, they were able to find spots for guys and so like like an Eamon Horwadell, uh, to, to be kind of a change of pace, crafty, off-speed, sometimes sidearm deliverer type guy, um, I thought they did a really good job of managing their roster. And that's something that's, that's going to have to happen again this year. Because you're right, there isn't that wealth of veteran innings coming back. There's enough, and we'll see what these new guys can bring to the table too. But I, I think this coaching staff, is good enough to be able to figure that out. It'll certainly be interesting to watch what the Bobcats baseball team does. They start against they uh, believe they start against uh, Wilmington. That's mm-hmm. where the first, uh, I know that's where the tournament's at. They start with them, right? And then they've got yeah. Navy later on in the weekend. Yep, they've got doubleheader on Saturday, Friday, 5 p.m. at UNC Wilmington. They've got Navy. Virginia's also there as yeah. well. That's going to be on Sunday, but full weekend for. The Bobcats at the uh, High Bros Challenge is the, uh, or no, Hugh Bros Challenge. Oh, my. I need to get my eyes checked. Hugh Bros Challenge. But you're looking at the schedule there. Yeah. It's it's a good schedule. It is. This is a challenging schedule. And Craig said that during his time as an assistant coach and now head coach, this is their best schedule. And I agree with that. They've got a series at Indiana coming up, uh, which is the slot in the non-conference weekend. So they've got that. Uh, trip to my alma mater, take on Southern Illinois, which uh, the dogs should be a uh, preseason favorite in the Missouri Valley Conference. Dallas Baptist has gone from that league now, so it changes the structure of that league a little bit. But you go to Bowling Green, take on Western Kentucky. You got a game against UK as well. It's a good schedule. Yeah. Anytime you get to play an SEC school, I mean, those, those are big games. They take baseball seriously down there. I know that's always enjoyable to watch those games as well. So, I mean, any any college baseball game is enjoyable. I know I've really gotten into that a lot more once we've got I've gotten into college with it. So it's incredible to watch some of these games. It's important to remember too. Ohio's won at Kentucky before, uh, won last year, in fact, and and played in the regional at the old ballpark at UK. Um, 
and and now they've they've had success in the new ballpark. So I, I think it's a it's a, a challenging schedule. We'll see what they do in this upcoming weekend. Uh, but I know they're excited about it, and uh, I'm excited to broadcast it too. Uh, first two weekends I won't do, um, but but they'll be streamed. The, their home games, uh, Ohio against BG coming up. Uh, that's the MAC tournament weekend where hopefully Ohio's in Cleveland, and then uh, Central Michigan. The, the champs of the league from last year, that second league weekend, and then off to Northern Illinois. So it's, it's, a, it's a challenging start for the Cats, even in league play, but there are a couple of weekends prior to that. And one thing I've noticed on the schedule as well, and I don't remember these last year, a lot of Tuesday games. A lot of Tuesday games before these, I mean, it's nice to throw those in. That's probably the benefit of losing the extra league game on the weekends. You get to throw in games like Moorhead State on a Tuesday, travel to Moorhead State, hosting Moorhead State, Marshall, uh, Shawnee State as well. I mean, those are obviously nice games. Yeah, the midweeks, the midweeks on the MAC level um, are different than the midweeks on the SEC level because in the in those games in the SEC, you're you're trying to pick off a non-con win to help your resume, but largely, as we know, unless there's an absolute juggernaut in this league, uh, which we all hope for someday, but but. It's, it's rare that you have multiple bids in. So the midweeks on the MAC level uh, are to try to stretch out some arms. And you might do that. You're doing that on the power conference level too, but the depth of that is so much deeper. Uh, no disrespect to this roster, but it, it's just seen as a different sort of thing. So yeah, those midweek games will be even more important this year, to your point, that it's a three-game series in the league. Um, so even those are going to be pretty fun to go around too. Finally, before you leave, Russ, what do you think of the Super Bowl last night? Were you able to catch it? I, I, I did. It was, it was fun. I mean, it really was. I, I thought um, it played out in a way that, that if you thought the Chiefs were going to win and, and if you followed them throughout the course of the year, sluggish starts sometimes, with the exception, I think, you know, the game against the Bengals, they played pretty well in the first half, and, and things will happen that way. But largely, they were a bit of a sluggish starting team. And so second-half team, they came around, and there were enough defensive plays there to allow Mahomes and that offense to get going. And for it to come down to, you know, the, the, the final couple of plays. I mean, that's if you're an NFL fan and if the NFL is important to you, you want to have an entertaining game if, you're, if your team isn't in it. Um, and so I thought Rihanna did great. Uh, I thought the, the national anthem was outstanding. Oh, it was incredible. Um, so I think it, it checked a whole lot of boxes there for a variety of different folks and different backgrounds and all that. I, I thought it was a great melting pot of what the NFL should hopefully be, and that's bringing a whole lot of different people together to enjoy football, and it was a great night, and, and hopefully a lot of people enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. Me and Model will break it down after the break, but thanks, of course, Russ, for coming in. Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Bobcats. When we come back, we'll talk Super Bowl with Carl Blaylock and Jake Amata here on The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. This is the place. Hey! Yo! This is my grandson, Mike. It's his 18th birthday. Man. Wow! One of the best years of my life. Well, when I was 18, Ladies used to think I was fine. Yeah, your grandma, maybe. Oh, come on, man. Uh, he's a smart guy, but I thought he could use a little advice today. Mm-hmm. Start putting away some money. Call your mother. And now that you're 18, you need to sign up with the Selective Service System. Remember Jamie Thomas? Yeah. Heard he didn't register and was denied a job with TSA. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's it. Save money, call mom, and register with SSS. Mm-hmm. Hey, Grandpa, this boy got that police head, the kind that roll up and stop wherever he wants to. That's cold, but just cut the boy's head. I don't know what to do with it. Be the man. Register with the Selective Service System today at SSS.gov. Good-looking boy, but ugly head. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Carl Blaylock, Jacob Mata with you. 
here in the studio. Our thanks to Russ Eisenstein, the voice of the Bobcats, for joining us this afternoon, or this evening. It's evening. It feels like afternoon. The sun was still up when we started. It was beautiful. It's a wonderful time when the sun's wonderful. still out. It's going to be even nicer on longer. Wednesday. True. Wednesday, it's 70. I mean, it was like 60 when I drove over here, but I mean, man, it, it'll be beautiful. And it, it was beautiful in Arizona uh, last night where Kansas City defeated Philadelphia 38-35. The Chiefs win their second Super Bowl in four years. But, Mata, I want to get your thoughts on it first before I give my thoughts. What did you think of the Super Bowl last night? Eh, I, I thought it was like the action on the field was good. I hate the way it ended. That That's dragging it down for me a lot. Uh, I enjoyed up until the last two minutes. I think Patrick Mahomes got bailed out once again off a pretty bad holding call in my opinion, but that is why I'm not an NFL official. Uh, there were some good commercials too throughout the whole thing. Uh, definitely could have been a little better, but a solid 7 out of 10 Super Bowl experience. Yeah, I I agree with you with it being meh, and it, it was just from top to bottom. I mean, I don't know what it was, but I mean, I remember I was I was talking with some people before the game, and I'm just sitting there. It it just it didn't feel like that big of a game as what it normally does. It didn't have the hype. It didn't have the build up that you think it normally would, which was surprising considering like the two as as good of you know fan bases and teams as this has. I mean, they were the two number one seeds. It, it should have been a pretty well-built-up game, and it just... I don't know. It, it just it felt flat with it. And I mean, even watching the pregame, I mean, it just felt off. It, it really just felt off for some of the things. And Well, part of that didn't help that my TV was being dumb, and it, it, it unsynced the audio. Oh, so I'm sitting there the watching the uh, Patrick Mahomes feature, and I'm like... Why is the audio so bad? What what is going on here? Nothing's matched up, and then I'm like, oh, oh no! How is it doing this? Why is my TV doing this? So that was a fun twenty minutes playing around with that. Speaking of that, the, can we just point out the the is, is it Tubby? Is that is that what they are? T U B I the the streaming app. Tubi. 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 We'll talk. We'll talk about the commercials oh, later. Oh my dude. gosh. <laughs> I lost my mind. Uh, no, I, 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 knew it was coming as soon as it. Like you know, you have the one. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll focus on the game first. But just the production was the production was a little bit yeah. Like there were some things where it was just I don't know. It it just seemed off. It didn't seem like it was Fox's best night from the production side. Uh, I I love Kevin Burkhart and and uh, Greg Olson. I think they're an A. A-plus on uh, how good they are on air. Burkhardt just seemed like he was a little bit scared for the moment, though, a little bit. Which, I mean, that's understandable. I mean, you're calling the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I would be. You know, you, you're telling me I'm calling the Super Bowl in 20 years. I'm not going to be sitting there a bit nervous. Yeah, but, you know, you, you could tell it was a little bit. He was a little bit, yeah, on some of it. But, eh, I mean... Olsen did a good job. It just there were I, I just feel like there are more there were more negative storylines out of the game than positive storylines. Yeah, I can get behind that. It's pretty you had you had um, the issues with the turf, the issues with the grass. They spent two years two years for this turf to still not be good, <laughs> and, and they've had problems with this in Arizona for a while now. The Chiefs were complaining about it week one. Look at how look at how bad it was for the Fiesta Bowl mm-hmm. when TCU played Michigan there. Yeah, and it happened again. I don't know. They gotta they gotta sit there and revisit what to do about it because uh, you, you you gotta have better. It has to be better than what it was last night. You can't have the biggest game and have the struggles that you did. No, it's just it's laughable almost to how. Like you said, two years for that? Come yes. on, man. Two years. Two years to just have kind of iffy grass like that. Fifteen slips. Two years for 15 to 20 slips in the Super Bowl. You can't have that. No. And luckily, it wasn't like... Luckily, most of those slips, they weren't like four important things. It wasn't like it gave anybody a touchdown or anything like that. It, it, was, it wasn't like the... Uh, 
the tire tracks in that Browns Buccaneers game <laughs> uh, earlier in the year, where you had the, the quarterback fell down and it gave the Browns a first and goal of the one. Yep. But it just, I don't know. It, it just didn't feel like it had as big of a stage as what it normally does. And you had the refereeing was terrible. You had we had four different times during the game that you had to sit there and question, what is a catch? <laughs> I wish I could tell you, man. Nobody knows. Know. But I don't know. It, it just you had the officiating was rough, and that was before the holding penalty, which mm-hmm. it's debatable. I, I can see I can see what they saw. It's a little bit nitpicky. Did they call that way the entire game? No. Is it a foul? Uh, a little. I think it's a very, very soft call. And with that being said, I don't think you should decide the Super Bowl on a soft call. That's my issue with it. I, I can also, see the little grab, but... Eh. I also don't think it mattered. I don't think the Eagles drive down the field. I, at least they would have had a shot. At least they would have had a shot, but I, I don't think they would have drove down the field with no timeouts. A minute to go. We've seen it before. I'm trying to think back to the game... I mean, we watched we watched Tampa Tom score what two touchdowns in less than two minutes. That was against the Saints. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, it, Eagles, the Eagles were cooking, man. A little, but the Chiefs' defense really battened down, and, and that was the great thing about the Chiefs is their halftime adjustments. They were down ten, mm-hmm. I, and I think there were there were there were two things about this game that I will remember. The first will be. The Eagles, I, I was thinking this was going to turn into Super Bowl 55 up until Jalen Hurts lost the ball on the scoop and score. I think if the Eagles score on that drive, this is a completely different game. We're talking about how the Eagles won, like, we'll say, like, 35-12 or something like that. Yeah. 42-21. Something crazy. like that. They, they, they win by multiple scores. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that. And the second thing is the adjustments. And specifically... The play design by Kansas City because they saw one. They found a weakness. They found a weakness. They they poured through the film during halftime. They were looking at the tablets. They saw a weakness in the Eagles' defensive scheming, and it won them the game. Yep. They got two touchdowns. Two touchdowns in that second half off the same thing. And what it was, they had two wide receivers on one side, and they had the two. It was man, I believe it was man coverage. Mm-hmm. Some sort of man coverage. What they would do is, and I do not remember. It's a little bit like a whip route, but I don't remember the exact name of it. Um, but what they would do, they would have the outside receiver run in a little bit, have the corner act like he was going to pass it off, and then the wide receiver would kind of stop, turn, and run the other way, and they'd be wide open. It happened twice. They did it on both sides of the field. To Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, just... It was just incredible the amount of scheming, out scheming that the Chiefs did in the second half. All they did, I mean, it was as simple as put a guy in motion. He takes three steps, and as soon as the ball is hiked, turns it into a little one yard out, and he's wide open every single time. He was, happened, and like I said, it happened twice. They got beat on the. I same saw it on day. Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. Jacksonville did the same thing to the Eagles in Week Four. They did it with Jamal Agnew. Uh, I saw it on Twitter. Somebody on Twitter pointed it out. And, I mean, that's what you got to do. And, and it worked out perfectly. Oh, yeah. I I put a lot of that game largely on the back of the Chiefs' offensive line as well. Didn't allow a sack against the best pass uh, rush in the NFL. I was impressed by how well, both mm-hmm. both offensive lines Especially were with really a, impressive. After the second half, minorly injured Pat, Pat Mahomes and... Oh, well, I mean, he was on and up. I mean, there's no way he was a hundred percent going into that game. I refuse to believe it. No, I, I, I don't. Th- I don't think he was too. And I'm also intrigued. I know somebody was joking on Twitter that uh, uh, you know Patrick Mahomes probably had an out of body experience in halftime because they they have all the painkillers they give uh, the quarterbacks for it, and he got whatever Aaron Rodgers is taking in the middle of Rihanna during halftime. Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. I mean. It, it and I mean he did really good though in the second half. You had think about it on that last drive for Kansas City. He had about that forty yard. You had the thirty yard drive that yep. pretty much kind of 
not completely iced it, but put him in field goal. Put him in field goal range. Yeah, it was a really good run. Uh, he looked better, which you know he's got to be off some painkillers because it didn't really look like it was bothering him until you know after the fact after he got hit while he was running. He looked he looked all right. So, I I think <clears throat> the most interesting thing about this game. He had under 200 passing yards. Yeah, I'm. You're well aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, not because I was betting on it. A uh, few people in the house I was in last night were, and a couple of them needed 225, 250, and one guy needed 275. So it was a rough night for them. But I mean, he just didn't. He didn't look that good in the first half. They didn't throw the ball much. It's not even that he didn't look good. No. I should take that back. When he threw the ball, it was throw it for 20 yards and then they ran it three or four times and then he'd throw it again for 10 i mean i'd i'd have to look up how many pass yards he had going in he might have had under 100 pass yards going into the second half he probably did i mean I, you, you look at i mean but he had he had a really good run game yesterday mm-hmm. too pacheco pacheco looked really good um when the yeah when they needed pacheco to show up he finally did he did really good. Kelsey was a leading receiver. He had about half of Mahomes' passing yards. You even had Jarek McKinnon running the ball. I mean, yeah. four, 14 yards, 14 yard long, 34 yards on four carries. I'll take that anytime. Pretty solid. They had what just under 30 less pass rushing yards than they did pass yards for the game. That is not the Chiefs' game at all. No, completely flipped the script on them. And from the other side, I mean, Jalen Hurts played out of his mind, in my opinion. He did. And I was really impressed by A.J. Brown as well. Mm -hmm. I think that that might have been one of the best touchdown catches in a Super Bowl I think I've ever seen. It was a good one. It was really, really good. And it wasn't wasn't even like Hurts' throw was okay. He got it down there. The The way Brown adjusted to catch that ball... That's why I think the Hurts throw was was very good. He put it in the only place AJ the only place to get it was the only guy who could get it. I in mean, the place he put it was AJ Brown. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I wasn't saying like the throw the throw wasn't like a th- the throw was okay, but it wasn't like anything special. Brown going up and grabbing that pretty much almost like a snake slithering between the two defend- defenders to jump up there and grab it. Like, are you kidding? Dallas Goddard had a couple of those two last year. Yeah. He had two of them baptized a Chiefs defender on that little 10-yard pass he caught going out of bounds. That catch was nuts. I don't care if it's for 10 yards. A, they rolled out as a catch. catch, right? Yeah. Because that, that was a whole other thing. That Like, there were a few, like, I mean, when we're hopping back with the refs. One. You know, that the, where what is a catch? But then also the cluster that happened before it where you had oh you got you, you hold up, you got to wait. We we didn't we didn't hold the play because since Goddard was in the bench area, that counts him as a sub. They have to have the opportunity to sub. And then that gave time for Kansas City to throw the challenge flag. And it just... Yep. I don't know. Yep. I, I, on, at the end of the day, I mean, if this was a little bit less of a closer game at the end, I, I think, like, if it wasn't for the holding call at the end, I feel like I would have been maybe a little bit... Like, even though I... And I, I, believe, I agree it's a good call. I, I think it was a good call, like I said earlier. But, I mean... I feel like a lot of people are kind of eh with it because of that holding call. It's going to taint a little bit. And I just, I think the whole thing, it was just kind of, eh. I wouldn't even give it a 7 out of 5. I'll give it like a 5 out of 10. Like, it just, it was, it wasn't anything special. It, it didn't, it didn't feel as big as what the previous ones had. The Eagles outdid the Chiefs in almost every aspect other than having more points on the scoreboard at the end of the game. They really did. It's so wild to me how they won that game. I mean, the Chiefs ran 20 more, or sorry, the Eagles ran 20 more total plays than the Chiefs. They had them beat in time of possession by 11 minutes. The Chiefs' I, defense stepped up in the second half. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's that's simply, simply put, that's what it was. Only 11 second half points for the Eagles. Almost 100 more total yards than the Chiefs had. The Chiefs were taking some really long drives, though. That's where it hits. That time of possession is 11 minutes, but uh, the Chiefs ran eight drives. The Eagles ran 10 total drives. So yeah. just goes to show you how long the Chiefs were dragging it out on the run game, which by all means, it worked. But wow. 
that it did. We'll talk about a little bit more about the other parts of the experience because you know there aren't a hundred. Well, what, what even have they released the TV numbers yet for the Super Bowl? Uh, I have no idea. I haven't seen them. If they have, we'll we'll take probably a look. not. We'll, we'll we'll look at it. But I mean, thinking about it, you know, there's not a hundred hundred thousand people watching the Super Bowl just for the Super Bowl. You've got the commercials and the halftime show. We'll talk about the little extra add-on things with that as well as you're listening to the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. Hey there, I'm Lance Bass, and this is Chip. For more than 100 years, American Humane has been on the front lines protecting animals in times of crisis. From Pearl Harbor to 9-11, the California wildfires and the coronavirus pandemic, American Humane Rescue has provided life-saving assistance for animals in virtually every major national disaster. If you're anything like me, your pets mean the world to you. And if disaster strikes, you want to keep them safe. To prepare for an oncoming disaster, ensure your pet has secure and up-to-date identification. And if you must evacuate, remember to take your disaster preparedness kit with you. To learn more about disaster planning and how to keep your best friends safe, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Attention Classic Hits 970 AM and 97.3 WATH listeners and businesses. Change is in the air. Did you know we've moved? The studios are now located at 223 Columbus Road, the old Atomic Credit Union building across the street from Health Recovery Services. Stop in and check out the new place and be listening for the big changes in the air right here on Athens' own Classic Hits 970 AM and 97.3 FM WATH. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Grooving, Carl. We're grooving. It is. It is. wonder the next time we'll get a rocker for the Super Bowl halftime show. I wonder if we ever will again. I just want to say, first and foremost, you will never catch me on a platform that high in the air. Nah. Props to Rihanna, man. Especially when she's pregnant, man. No chance. She's pregnant and she's doing that. doesn't matter, bro. You could put me up there. I say I'd I'd probably try it for a million dollars, but not much less than that. I think that was the most visually stunning. I mean, we had, I think performance-wise, last year's Super Bowl was like better like with the songs and everything like that the performance the individual performances but like the way they did everything with the stunts the staging everything like that i think that's the best one you saw since lady gaga jumped off the roof in super bowl 51 yeah yeah you're probably right i always think back the one thing i was comparing it to last night was Katy perry coming out on the tiger Nah, that was pretty cool. Lady Gaga jumping off the roof. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lady, Lady. I'm not saying Lady Gaga's wasn't cooler. I'm just saying that that's what I compared it to production wise. But the production level was very, very good. Even though it looked like a new Smash Bros. Uh, yeah, it looked like it looked like a new Super Smash Bros. map. It looked like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She had a bunch of Oompa Loompas around her. Yeah, that no, that that they, they were in white. That was strange. And yeah. I think the I think the most fun part of every Super Bowl halftime. Uh, viewing performance. I know where I was watching it at. You had two people arguing. You know, is she pregnant? She's not pregnant. She's 100% pregnant. She's not pregnant. They confirmed it afterwards. She was pregnant, so you don't have to feel bad if if you thought that. But she 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 really did good for oh yeah being pregnant and oh, doing yeah. it. I mean, it, it was it was a good set. The halftime show was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, very good halftime show. I enjoyed it. I was a little bit disappointed we didn't get any features. There was no feature. I mean, Rihanna has a bunch of good stuff with features. Um, I was a little bit sad. I was kind of hoping Eminem would show up. Jay Z was there. He didn't show up. I know someone asked. She played all of the lights, and someone said, "Here comes Kanye." I mean, well, yeah, no. We all no. We were all sitting there, kind of thinking about it. Like, I mean, like, no shot. They were no, Kanye I, out, no, no. There was no chance. But we're all sitting there oh, thinking, yeah. man. He would have been here if he wasn't an idiot. 
Oh yeah. Oh, that would have been. That it would have. It would have been viewership either way up or way down. It well, it would have. It would have been special, you know. It would. It would have been pretty cool. Of course, you, you can't. Cool. No, you you can't. You can't have them. You can't have them out there after the stuff he said. No. No, you can't. The Super Bowl commercials were just. Man, the, the, the only ones that stood out in my head. I didn't. Oh, I didn't even remember seeing the Budweiser one. For one. Hmm. I didn't even remember seeing the Budweiser one. I had to look it up on YouTube afterwards. They didn't have the horses. Mm-mm. It seemed like half the commercials were for Fox stuff. You had the Tubi one that made everyone lose their minds. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That one, that one got me for a split second. It remind. Do you remember Super Bowl Forty Nine before the game? Before the game, they had a uh, commercial where it, it had the TV go out, and it was out for five seconds, and then it was like. What would you do if you had? What if would you, would you do if the electricity went out? And it was plugging this like yep. truck that had like an yep. electrical outlet with it. But like I remember that and everyone freaking out about it. <laughs> that is that. that that is the equivalent. But Fox does commercials like that all the time, where they where they have the commercials to where they uh, where they pretend like they're coming back and then they you know have something else happen. Um. The Caddyshack one for Michelob Ultra was okay. Um, the Popcorners one was good. Popcorners was good. Uh, Doritos was okay. Mm-hmm. Doritos, I think they they've kind of fallen off a little bit in the last last few years. But you had a QR code one again. Yeah. Uh, wow. What, what what was the M M&M and M one was just dumb. That was weird. It was just I, dumb. I laughed, I laughed at the end, but. I mean, yeah, you had red, you had the red, the background, like help me. <laughs> that one got me. I, I was it. well, I was a little bit disappointed because they'd yeah. been teasing up, they'd been teasing up everything else. Like you had, you have yellow selling Snickers for me on on uh, on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I keep seeing him on there. You had all, you had blue, you had the blue Eminem try to be on Sports Center and stuff. Like I would have enjoyed if they would have done had the that commercial there. And then had like a few other of the commercial, you know, had a few other of the M and M's trying to do their other things for their other brands, and they didn't have that. I, I didn't enjoy that. And like there were just a lot of Mac commercials. I agree. Very, it, very, a lot of Mac, but the good ones were good. That's, yeah. that's the way to say it. The good, the good ones carried the the Mac, but there was a lot of Mac. Eh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that. I mean, the fact that the only few that I could really remember were the Michelob Ultra one and the Popcorners one. Like Those were the only two that really popped out mm. in my head. Uh, you also had the Avocados for Mexico one, which was... <laughs> that one was wild. Yeah. Um, All of the uh, Us commercials. Yep, those, you had those, those, those two. You had those two. You had the exorbitant amount of, uh, you know, next-level chef commercials. Mm-hmm. Just, nah. I don't know. It just, it just was mad. They, I, like, I mean, they're like. It, I remember it used to be like there was just so many good commercials with it, and now it's just kind of like. No, you, you got to hunt for the good ones. You got to beg. Yeah. I hear that, and I feel that. I agree with you. I feel like there's one other commercial that was decent that I've just completely forgotten. Nope, uh, not that's ringing a bell. I don't know. Eh, I mean, it 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 show it shows. I mean, it shows the fact that it used to be there were years ago where you could pick out there was like eight or nine that were incredible. The fact that I didn't even remember Budweisers. They also didn't have the horses. That was sad. No Clydesdales. I always expect them on my television around the Super Bowl. There's sports, though, after the Super Bowl, and we'll have our surefire hot picks after the break. You're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Alana was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and it's cancer. As a parent, when you're told this type of news, you're going to do whatever you can do for your babies. When we got to St. Jude is when I realized that, no, you're not going to get a bill for anything. I don't have to worry about it. They're saying we're going to help save her. We're not going to charge you anything. This is what we do. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. 
Learn more at stjude.org. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Getting the right health care for the right problem can save you time and stress. That's why Ohio Health offers three types of care options right here in Southeast Ohio. Call your primary care provider when you're sick or when you need to manage your long-term health. Visit urgent care when you can't get in with your doctor. And go to the ER for severe, life-threatening situations. Find out which Ohio Health location is your best choice at ohiohealth.com slash right care. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. This is the Sports Fan. Carl Blaylock, Jacob Mata with you for just about two more minutes here. And uh, Mata, what's your surefire hot pick for tonight? I am taking the Texas Longhorns against Texas Tech minus four. You're trusting the Longhorns again? I don't think that worked that well the Texas last time. Texas Tech's not a great team, and I get there at home but I mean come on Texas minus four they can win that game by eight we'll see insert Texas Tech probably losing by three I, I mean that that's the way this is always ended up working I, I I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I don't love the pick mm-hmm. minus four we'll see for me um I'm just going to find the first thing I could find because I have not seen anything. There's not Mountain West basketball on tonight. I'm disappointed on that. There's not. I already looked to steal the pick. Oh, this is easy money. What is this? Miami. Number 15 Miami on the road at North Carolina. I saw that. Thought about taking it, but nah. North Carolina's favored by five and a half points. Give me Hurricanes. Give 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 me the Hurricanes plus five and a half. That's a trap. I feel like it's a trap. no at five and a half points. I feel like it's a trap. No, it's not too a- big of a spread. It it doesn't make sense at all, and I agree with you on that. And that's why I think it's a trap. It, it the ranked team is. I don't care if it's just in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. They're giving way too much. They're giving way too much to the home team there. The bookies always know, my man. They're way too much. Way, way too much. We're not going to have time for that stumper either. I'm a bit disappointed. What Super Bowl was it going to be Super from? Super Bowl 31. Super Bowl 31. Ah, uh, it was one of the Bills' losses. Probably the one the Cowboys, 52-17. No? Nah. Green Bay, New England. Give me a score. Oh, 31-24. Green Bay. Almost. What was it, actually? 35-21. Yeah, something like that. That'll wrap up the sports fan for today. I'll be back tomorrow right here on Classic It's 970 W-A-T-H.